0: So, Miles talks with friend Michael Carr about graduating USC as a screenwriter, his current short films, and future secret projects. Stick around for a real teal jerker in the new segment, Sunday Morning Movies. Bonnie and Miles revisit Forrest Gump nearly 30 years later. This Bonnie's shocking admission of how she used the Forrest Gump soundtrack to seduce high school boys during the mid-90s.
1: Hello, welcome to the fun house. I'm just sitting here... Chillaxing, trying to get my thoughts together on how to do an introduction here. <laughs> I uh, I'm learning. It's a learning process for me. This podcasting, doing the ho- it's harder than you think. You gotta, you know, talk. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not unlike stand up. You know, there's pressure for some reason. I don't know why. Even though you know, as soon as I start hitting that record button, I can't start. Stopping. I can't stop. I gotta not mess up. <laughs> and that's hard. It's hard to do for me. My spe- I speak strangely. And I kind of have to speak slower for a couple of reasons. I'm speaking into a microphone and there's kind of a delay and it kind of causes me to speak slower in a way. But also I speak slower and I think because I- it helps me get my words together. I'm a better writer than I am a talker. The words come to me better as a writer because I can pause without seeming like an idiot. (laughs) I gotta write that down. That's good. (laughs) That was deep, I think. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, You know how I like to interview my friends. You know, I think that's a good thing we can talk about I like to interview my friends but it's not just because it's something I can do I've, I've always been into my friends things you know more than corporate things you know and I think that's something that's worth putting your efforts into you know be a fan of your friends work you know if they're artists or if they're crafters or if they're musicians uh, seek them out. Seek them out. I, I probably listen to my friends' music as just as much as I listen to uh, other otherwise music. So yeah, I've been. I like you know. Like, do support your friends. Go out there. You know. There was a time when I grew up in a very small town, and it's a self-sustainable, cool little town. And then um, Walmart happened. And we all, the adults and everybody was so excited to just have, have it all for the first time. You know, we, we just were so addicted to the movies and what they were selling, what was this lifestyle that of the eighties and the nineties. where you just have it all and then you got it all (laughs) and we loved it. But what we lost was this like, all the You know, when Walmart came in, all the small businesses left, all those businesses that supported t-ball teams and baseball teams. And I mean, my town now is like not quite the same anymore. Uh, Definitely not. And you really don't have a way to support your friends and your friends' businesses anymore unless you make an effort to do that. So. You know, keep an eye on what your friends are up to. And if you don't have friends that are artists, make friends that are artists. (laughs) You know, meet some crafters, go to craft fairs. You know, you don't have to buy everything right there. Everybody's got business cards. Everybody will talk to you. Make friends, get on Instagram, follow them, like their stuff. Get gifts for relatives from your friends. You know, that's what I've been doing. It's great. It feels good. It's much more, it's just a deeper experience than going to Amazon and getting bullshit. <laughs> you know? And if you go to Amazon, that's fine. Use Amazon. Use it all the time, but use it as a search engine. Like, look at, find a product you like. And then go to that company's website and buy it from them directly. Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more money. Um, yeah, so anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Just be a fan of your friends. I think that's just the important, the important part of Be my important point i am going to go i, I made a call. let me tell you about today's episode first there is i interviewed my friend michael carr from tallahassee i met him in tallahassee and he went to school to i don't know whatever one of those california film places as a writer and he's just graduated and he's got some awesome things on uh, vimeo and i watched them and they're great so I wanted to interview with Adam him, catch up, see what's going on. So he's on the show. And then a real te- tearjerker with Bonnie Wright. We're starting a new fun house I don't know, tradition. We're starting a new tradition here in the fun house for Sunday morning movies, which is just sappy. It's not really a new tradition. I've been doing it myself for a long time. I love watching like, Emotional movies on Sundays, but I don't do it all the time. I'm gonna try to start do it every Sunday. Watch a classic, good movie that's like a drama, some something emotional. I never watch emotional movies. I don't really make emotional movies anymore. Not like they used to. (laughs) Oh man, that was sad. I can't believe I said that. All right, well, enjoy this interview with Michael Carr, and then stick around for the tearjerker. Uh, sunday morning movies with bonnie we watched forrest gump and we tell stories from our life about forrest gump and it's interesting so okay i'll talk to you soon see ya Okay, well, I am on the line with friend Michael Carr. It's been a while since I've um, seen Michael. I met Michael in Tallahassee about a lifetime ago for both of us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a good Michael Carr story I'll start with that I remember. The one one that I always remember is when I, we were hanging out. It was like one of the first times we were hanging out, and you and I had to go out to like get food or something. I can't remember But we didn't really know each other that well. Yeah, (laughs) just in a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I get in this car and, like, I hadn't, I don't know what happened. I had this mini disc player and it had, like, really bad audio and I was always fucking with it. And it was, like, max volume nine-inch nails when I turned my car on. (laughs) (laughs) I think we both screamed for a solid ten seconds. (laughs) And I laughed about that forever. Oh, my God.
2: Because it was so loud, you couldn't really react. You couldn't really do anything
1: about it. <laughs> that <laughs> just was awesome.
2: Terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> I think I was screaming because you were screaming. I was past. But it always makes me laugh thinking about it. <laughs> so, Michael, I, I found, saw you on facebook a lot you know now and then you're posting things and whatever and i forget you live in los angeles <laughs> yeah said, i know you know i remember i you moved out here when i moved to new york from tallahassee so we both went our separate ways and then i yeah. just kind of watching you on facebook and i saw you posted this um short for called the b on vimeo and oh man it was so good it was really good Thank you so yeah, much. And you did the writing.
2: I guess it was like 10 or 11 years ago, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was writing back then, but mostly like short stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out to LA, it's it turned into like, okay, well, how do I write for TV? Like, how do I get, how do I do this? And it was a terrible mm-hmm. time to do it because there was a strike. Um, yeah, there was like nothing it. going on. And I finally like managed to like get an industry job where I was a receptionist at a talent agency. And then- uh-huh. 10 years goes by really fast. And I ended up being like a voiceover talent agent for, for like five years. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then I, about two years ago, I like lost, I like completely jumped ship and um, went to applied to USC's writing division program. Um, Didn't, didn't really expect to get in. And I got in, and uh that's this short is is from that program it's from the school like not everybody gets to write a short it's actually a really kind of like a rigorous sort of yeah
1: um, it was definitely i can see it it would have been competitive i mean you your writing in it is so good and it's so tight for a short i mean you'd you tell the story you get the characters are developed you set the world all within 10 minutes and it's really well written and, and tight. you do well, I'll only talk a little bit more about that specifically, but as do you see this as, like, a future project of yours that you'd like to delve more into as a series, or totally. is it just like a...
2: Totally. Okay. It's, it's like a total backdoor kind of pilot, like, pitch thing. Like,
1: uh-huh.
2: like here's a world, here's a character, here's here's the tone... Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little silly, um, but it's got uh, a little bit of a dark edge to it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think it's great. And it looks good. And it's, oh, man, it's just really funny. And it's really, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. And if you, anybody can go out and watch it on Vimeo for free right now, it's just sure. go to the Vimeo and look up The Bee. Um, I don't, if you want to kind of describe what the storyline is a little bit. So sure. mean, it tells say. itself in 10 minutes. So <laughs> not, go check it out for the full experience.
2: I would say, I guess it's like about a a, a superhero um, returning. Hulk. Like, like it's it's about a, a girl whose dad was a superhero, and she's trying to live up to that expectation. Maybe that's what just, let's mm-hmm. just say that, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it tells that story really easily, and you and because of you, kind of go into this person's life in a spot where you, it's easy to tell her backstory and get a little bit more out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway yeah and then i watched this other short of yours that you just sent me, oh, scary me one. for that. yes oh was so good i actually had a jump scare for myself i was sitting here watching and bonnie was on the phone behind me <laughs> i jumped it apart i'm so that glad point, yeah. i know
2: exactly what you jumped at
1: <laughs> i know exactly what <laughs> oh, yeah. the,
2: the jump scare is is uh, i will admit it's not in the script <laughs> So when I they showed oh, yeah.
1: me that, it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, it lends itself to a certain cliche now where things have started going back another way in horror films, I think, because there was a time where like jump scares were sudden and, and they got became expected to be at a certain point, where now where it's horror movies kind of pre have these like fake jump scares where you you don't actually expect it to happen you know they're delaying it like they'll pan to the side of the room to a door that does nothing for a while or something they just like to
2: build that suspense you know they can create the the tension you know just like have a a window open behind someone's head and you're like oh god oh god oh god oh god God." (laughs) something gonna happen in that window (laughs) you know yeah
1: so yeah i like that it was really and so that i don't know much about that if you want to talk much about it yet or if it's going to come out soon or
2: well that one is um it, it's not widely available yet because it's still doing the festival run Festival, you know however that's, that's going to look in this time of corona yeah well <laughs> you
1: know? i mean it'll look like something it might even be like i mean it'll probably be a platform based who knows what some of these things are going to become mm-hmm. for a weird time so, do you like the idea of developing a series, or like more of a f- or film, like a longer form?
2: Well, with Mister This for That, I think that it lends itself well to a feature treatment. I mean, I think it would, mm-hmm. I think it would work well in like a Twilight Zone kind of, uh, you yeah. know, like I forget which. Just word watching like, two, two shorts back
1: to back. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what was my thinking. I was like you could do sort of like a crypt keeper kind of thing here <laughs> like bringing these things different kind of little vibes together and they 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 aren't really well done those things usually, you know. Like if it was this if it was a short that was this quality it would be like really good i <laughs> think really interesting <I'm>, like <laughs> that the anthology.
2: that's that's totally the director and the producers and like they did such an amazing job and they did that with a both of those yeah. films have like a, a like an 11k budget you know what i mean like mm-hmm. which is yeah. not not a lot of money for this. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? so i mean they did amazing work especially mister this for that cuz that actually ended up being like under budget I remember them telling me that I'm like,
1: oh, nice. how? Wow.
2: like how <laughs>
1: it looks, it looks nice. Yeah. It looks really nice. And yeah, that it looks really good.
2: And that little girl was a get she, um, her Ivy, uh, I, Ivy was in, uh, uh, big little lies. So is that what it is? Yeah, the, I've seen
1: her before. Yeah. Uh-huh. She,
2: she, she was, she played Amabella Laura Dern's daughter in that, in that uh, HBO series. And she was, Oh, nice! We, we were really lucky to get her because she's she sells yeah. everything. She's so good.
1: She was, she was such. She's so good. Little actress, I mean, Yeah, she builds that fear real well. And it's funny because I like shorts. You know, I don't generally you don't really see a lot of them out there unless you're looking for them on Vimeo and places. But yeah, they're, they're really tough. interesting. Yeah, you can find some really good quality things out there, especially in realms of animation and things oh, like that. They yeah. just don't even—they just never make it to mass market, and they're just because they're—you know—they're almost built for these short little visual feasts. You know,
2: they're so <laughs> yeah. fun to go to, like the animation, like graduate ceremonies and stuff like that at USC. I think oh, yeah. they're—I think they're Anywhere. fairly like open, like anyone could just go, and they're—they're they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Like the the things they come up with are like
1: incredible stuff oh, yeah because yeah. <laughs> everybody i mean it's where the evolution is happening Cool. Well, i went to school for film and i don't well, i wouldn't even call it a real film department but it was interesting it was more like a film uh cri- critics
2: i remember you were in <laughs> so cool. an- <laughs> An editor. You were doing editing.
1: Yeah, I did. I went for post production. I I went for everything, but I focused on post production. I really liked it, and I went into post production for a while. And I, when I lived in Philadelphia, that's what I did before I moved to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. I worked for this post production place that we like pumped out beam beam horror movies and old like out of print movies that we'd find in like whatever format and put them onto the DVD and sell them in bulk to Barnes and Noble. I think people don't
2: don't have like an appreciation for just how much uh, an editor like like changes oh, no. something. You know what I mean? Like how like a movie because yeah, you got
1: to hide. The whole secret is to hide, not to show yourself. You don't want people to sure. think about it.
2: It's just incredible, though. It's just like it's you. What yeah. filming, filming, and writing is just like trying to get as many moments as you can possibly get, and then the actual story seems to come together in the in the editing room. Like oh yeah,
1: for sure. It just feels it like it's tightened up and Legos you know, it's really it's really compelling it's just really fun to work with good content I'll say that when you're doing and you're like when you can be creative I wasn't in a creative position I was in a oh, windowless yeah. room like fixing glitches and I, the most creative I got to do is I got to make trailers and I got to make trailers for these old crappy western movies and I got to make trailers for some of the B-horror movies that we'd purchased for some reason <laughs> So yeah, I was really interested in seeing, I love Facebook for for the whole sole purpose of like, you know, I knew you in Tallahassee as like a friend of a friend almost, you right, know, but we right. were able to keep up and I see you over there just like doing things. It's so interesting to see how, what people are doing that you like. You know, oh yeah, I saw that, times. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, you cool. had a, what's it called? You, I, I, I noticed at one point that you had like a neighborhood website or something. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I did a, I did a, I, when I moved to Corning, New York, I started a blog yeah. urban cornering, yes yeah i just kind of like would just wander around town and write about things i did and restaurants and try to promote the businesses and stuff and i got like some free stuff out of it i got like a free gym membership i had free parking downtown out of it I, but i didn't really like mo- monetize it i started to um but then when i moved to the west coast right before i really did much with it
2: i just thought it was kind of fun because it was like one of those like you say like Oh yeah, I remember, Miles. I wonder. I wonder what he's up to. And it's like, oh, he's got like a whole blog <laughs> going. <laughs> on. It's like Portlandia yeah. in Corning.
1: Yeah. Or I know. I know. I had my own thing. I I'm always in my own little world. <laughs> but I like that. I don't know. I'm more comfortable there. I guess. I don't. This is becoming new information to me. I realize everybody else has realized it about me, but
2: <laughs> uh, so created your own space so what
1: else do you do for writing what do you want to do for the like uh are you still in universities or are you still yeah, um, working I, in the system
2: i graduate may 15th um, oh awesome and it'll be a very beautiful online ceremony <laughs> on zoom probably
1: <laughs> oh yeah i forgot Which is about that hilarious
2: but that's weird know. i
1: didn't even think about that
2: But that's what we'll be doing, and um, I've got some like I have stuff like I'm already I'm I have a little bit of a little bit of heat coming out the gate. I have some uh, I have an interactive project that I that is that's kind of I can't I can't talk about too much, but sometimes those are the best.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good.
2: And I'm excited about that, and then I have a couple other things that are all just it's all just possibilities right now, but like Mm -hmm. uh, you know. I've got stuff I'm excited about, and, and stuff people are asking me about, and we'll see if we can. I sound like Trump right now. I'm
1: like, there are things. <laughs> no, that, yeah, <laughs> I can tell by watching it. I mean, you're you're a really good writer. It's not like thank you so much. You're like you. you're legitimately good. You got a lot of. I mean, it wasn't just like slapped together bullshit. It was good. You had real. You had everything. You were considering all the characters and the setting constantly. You had the story was like very tight and good. I mean, you really learn about the entertainment industry just living in Los Angeles. <laughs> like, how oh, yeah. it really works. Because
2: everybody's doing it on some level. Know. You know? <laughs> everybody's doing
1: some level, you know? But like, it's the people that are out creating. Like, I in comedy, I do stand up comedy just for fun as a hobby. And the people that like are really just the people that want to like actually do it for a living, they're out there like, creating content you know they're creating their own shows they're bringing their own audience they're finding their own voices they're not like wait you know they're not like waiting for something to happen you know yeah that's what you gotta do you really gotta the creative people who are out there creating are are like really moving things forward
2: i mean i feel like i spent 10 years like being told by people like if you want to do it you just have to do it you know what I mean and then <laughs>
1: yeah
2: and then one day realizing like oh like oh <laughs> like yeah. maybe maybe this wouldn't have taken 10 years if i'd just done it you know
1: because yeah the- but there is a level of skill that you don't realize that's always happening and building on all and in and, and, and create in all creative fields because you don't realize that's true. what you're really learning and and the joke in comedy for comedians that I know that i have like starting to get a little bit more traction. The joke is that um, overnight success takes about seven years. <laughs> <comedy>. <laughs>
2: that makes so much All sense because you are building your craft, you know, you're learning. Yeah. Like, like there's, there, there's certain, like, I've definitely seen people who are like super gifted at, at, uh, you know, some artistic pursuit, like writing or comedy, but it only takes you so far. Like your natural inclination toward it is just mm-hmm. just the beginning. Like it's the people who are doing it every day and working at it and trying to figure it out that they there's those yeah. are the people who make it. You know, I went to this like UCLA extension course back when I was testing the waters for grad school, and I remember going in there and thinking like, well, I mean, everyone here, including myself, we're all going to be terrible, right? You know, like yeah. we're, we're all we're all taking a night class at UCLA. You know, like we're this is going to be awful stuff, right? But it not uh-huh. not no, it was kind of a mixed bag. There were actually some really incredible scripts that were coming out of that class. And it uh-huh. occurred to me like, oh, like maybe talent isn't really that rare. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Uh-huh. Maybe talent's yeah. just everywhere and it's just people who are or have the you know, it's just about tenacity, you know, more than than yeah. more than, than anything else, you know? It
1: really is. I know there's so much it's so it's so deep you can get really into it too I won't get too far into like the the, stick, the intuitiveness of what it requires and some level of privilege you know that's that it true requires. you need to be able to and, fail uh,
2: and have somebody catch you <laughs>
1: yeah anyway <laughs> I'm going down my own road. no no no. that's a, an hour ago.
2: <laughs> definitely a, it's definitely a thought I've had before like every you know just when I think about my like Spending my twenties in Los Angeles and all the the shenanigans, like yeah. you know, every time you get your your car towed and stuff like that, like uh-huh. these these are existential oh, crises. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you don't have support,
1: yeah, it's hard in Los Angeles. I don't know how people do it. i It's like blows my mind how people. I mean, I, it is impressive if you survive in Los Angeles. It is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to do it here. I don't know. I moved. I just can't believe how expensive it is here. And like, expensive. They, um, it's
2: yeah. It's and difficult brought, to get a places. bombardment
1: of things to do, and they're always like once in a lifetime experiences. So like it's the band you've always wanted to see. Right. <laughs> you know, playing with every other band you've always wanted to see. <laughs>
2: That's accurate,
1: actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I can't. How can I live here? I can't afford my own interests here. (laughs) I need need limitations.
2: Yeah, there's no like like, Tallahassee Jazz Club that's like dirt cheap with like $2 beers. There's nothing like
1: that. But I don't know. In a way, I think it all evens out. At least I explore different interests. I'm more into cheaper things now. (laughs) I go to free. I see a lot of free comedy. That's good. (laughs) So really good comedy is really impressive to me. (laughs) That's good. That's good.
2: The equivalent of that is I'm just reading... (laughs) <laughs> reading for free. Yeah. Now, if you have a bunch of writer friends, then you're going to do a lot of reading.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, that's probably what all you've been spending your time doing. Have you been doing a lot of writing and quarantine?
2: Oh yeah. More, much more than I was just because, uh, not at first, at first okay. I was just watching the news, right? <laughs> like everyone, but, mm-hmm. yeah. but as soon as that got very repetitive, like I, I feel like mm-hmm. I've been more busy now than, than, than ever before, like just catching up with things and trying to like stay on top of stuff.
1: That's where I'm not. I'm having a hard time. I go back and forth. I get real motivated to work, and already I'm having a hard time writing for some reason. I can't get there. Like I used to write for just for jokes for stage and stuff. Like at least all every day I'd have something, but lately I have struggle. But anyway, but for this podcast, I've been focusing on that. Yeah, it's that's good. That. That's I go back and path. forth though. I haven't been able to like stick with it. St- st- like keep my motivation up i don't know what it is but yeah a lot of my friends who are writers or um, comedians are like yeah i'm writing every day <laughs> like, that's what i was doing before i don't know what's happening
2: you feel like you need some some like you yeah. know some people attention in order to I think,
1: yeah i think yeah. so it's hard it's hard to write stand-up you know when you that's don't true. hear an audience's reaction you also feel like you need those oh.
2: observations you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah 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 well bonnie handed me a note says i'm talking to, about myself too much that's right really well, he's funny. asking me questions <laughs> <laughs> it's just more of a conversation than an interview really plus funny. it's my podcast i like to talk about myself <laughs>
2: yeah we learn about you and people you know somewhat yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go.
1: so anyway i'm just uh i'm gonna I don't know, I ever know how to end these things officially on the phone call, because I edit around it and it makes me sound so short. Oh, that's like funny. Yeah, you have like, to say something yeah.
2: like, you have to say something super pithy and like, and away we go.
1: Sunday morning movies with Bonnie, sponsored by Mamma Lucia Meatballs. Mamma Lucia Meatballs, America's favorite. I'm trying to get a new tradition going in the house, in the fun house, for Sunday morning movies. Now what do you, what would you consider a good Sunday morning movie, Bonnie? What are some elements of a good Sunday morning movie?
0: That I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Maybe like a traditional classic sort of movie. Something
1: you grew up with?
0: Yeah, something that makes you feel warm and cozy and emotional.
1: Yeah, warm, cozy, emotional. Why do you think those qualities work for a Sunday morning? I
0: don't know, because you're feeling lazy. You're feeling maybe like Saturday you you overdid it. And you need to take it easy on <laughs> Sunday.
1: <laughs> well, we know what Bonnie does on Saturday nights. Anyway, um, this Sunday we watched a good Sunday morning movie. Probably one... Wonder- Maybe my all-time favorite Sunday morning movie, uh, which is Forrest Gump, and it's my favorite for a lot of reasons. I have so many stories around the movie Forrest Gump, and a lot don't of memories. I want to
0: hear some. Let's hear some stories.
1: Stories? You don't Are... want to talk about the movie? Okay, we'll talk oh, about we'll, some stories. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk see about how stories. the
0: structure goes here. If you have Let's lots see. of stories, I want to hear.
1: My first time I saw it, I saw opening night with my grandmother, uh, my grandma Lasco. We went to the mall, and she loved to see movies, and she didn't care what time it was, and it was literally like a midnight opening (laughs) for the Forest Gump. And we didn't know anything about it. it. They were just making a big deal about it while we were there. They were like, come see the opening of this movie, you know? And this was like, we lived in the middle of nowhere, so it did kind of seem like a big deal. They are giving us out, giving out, like, keepsakes. I think I got a Forrest Gump pin somewhere. Uh, some other stuff, I think, I remember was in there. Um, so me and my grandmother go to this movie at, like, 11 p.m. And the mall, by the way, is, like, an hour away from my house. My And there's no cell phones at this time. My dad doesn't know... Really, what's going on? She just knows, like me and my grandmother went to the movies. So, there's a longer version of the story, maybe I'll get into that. But we were anyway, me and my grandmother went to see Forest Comp at the opening, and oh my god, it was so good! And neither of us were prepared for really what it was or anything, and it was so good. I remember just my grandmother laughing and having all these emotional reactions to the movie and I remember trying well, only a part, at the end I like was really trying hard not to lose it. I remember that was one of the first movies where I had to like learn a breathing technique, not to cry in public. <laughs> everybody's well just here giggling at me
0: because <laughs> you're not done with your story yet <laughs> so, you tell your story so
1: anyway yeah so I was I got through that and I remember after that my grandmother. and I thought it was so good we could not stop talking about it and we weren't thinking about anything and this is probably like 2am, 3am at this point point. and I had like we haven't checked in with my parents or anything <laughs> like so we're going our way home, and Grandma's like, "Oh my God, we should stop um, to this diner where she liked to get ice cream." And so we went to this diner and went to get sundaes at this diner. And we ate. This isn't the same ice cream story that, that you're thinking. So I have a second ice cream story with my grandmother, but anyway, this time we stopped and we got ice cream. And now it's, like, 3 a.m. When <laughs> we finally, like, we're driving home and we're still talking about Forrest Gump. And we drive all the way past my home, all the way to her house in Tawanda, which is, like, I'm 30, 30 minutes the past way. my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> we realize it. And she's like, oh, my God, your dad's probably worried about you. We should bring you home. And now it's, like, 3.30, 4 in the morning. <laughs> We finally get home, and the whole time we're still talking about Forrest Gump. When we do get home, my dad was wide up, awake, waiting for us. He couldn't believe it. He was like, oh my god, he was so... I don't know what you guys were doing. I remember going to the front door. It was really... He was so mad. It was really weird. But it was really fun. My grandmother and I had the best night watching Forrest Gump and eating ice cream and talking about it.
0: I mean, you guys walked into, like, a 24-hour diner that was empty, probably, (laughs) at 2.33 o'clock in the morning. Like she should have known to use the phone booth in the diner or something. I
1: don't know. Maybe. We just weren't thinking about it. So
0: crazy. You guys were probably just riding the high from Doris Gump.
1: I think she forgot (laughs) that I wasn't staying over. Because I did stay over a lot growing up. Both of our brains were a little clustered fucked from the whole night of binging. Sugar high. Staying up till three in the morning watching this emotional movie that's just spanned decades you know (laughs) (laughs) we've never seen anything like it so let's get into the movie then i just i do want to talk about what made it so amazing when it came out because i think it's very under i mean not underwhelming today but it has such a different impact in a lot of different ways because some things have been overdone some things have just been parodied so much or um we've just seen it so many times or whatever
0: well, I wish I had read the book, but it just feels like there are, I don't know, little elements and callbacks throughout that I don't know, it it's, seems
1: like I realized it watching it, what, I mean, I kind of broke it down in my head this time, that every, there's like, it's broken down into, like, sequences. Like, there's the sequence of the childhood, and then there's the sequence of his college years that lead into the Vietnam years, then there's the sequence of the 60s, And then there's the sequence of what he's going through with death and starting his business and Mm -hmm. SIBO. And then there's a secondary story of Captain Dan that gets intertwined. Mm -hmm. there's all these sequences of moral stories that are all independently important and all these independent moral tales, but they're Mm interspersed. And that's not really the either inter by the time period as its own character in the story. So, like, the time period is something. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what ties everything together. And I really like that about it. You know, and I think a lot of times the representation, like it doesn't represent real history necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily represent every aspect of every character in the time period that well you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't like it kind of glosses over some things intentionally, like the KKK and it treats the Black Panthers strangely. <laughs> like they're in this social setting with the Black Panthers, and the guy is like angry the entire time for some reason. You know, and I'm well, like, for many reasons, yeah, but he did that setting in the scene, it seemed like
0: they just wanted to work in yeah. the, the joke about the black panther party i'm sorry that i spoiled your black panther party like oh, at, the, yeah. at the end of that series you know they were just like making sure they were going to work in a Gumpism. i think yeah
1: well they didn't need stuff like that so it does seem kind of dated in that way but at the same time they had that they you know everything was a characterization it has to be in that kind of movie so
0: and he was like you know the non the non historical part that he was actually influencing history in many different ways throughout mm-hmm. like he's the one that drew people's attention to Watergate, you know, mm. it's because he called the <laughs> but I think the overarching
1: <laughs> story isn't just that it was just this person. I think when people watch that, they realize that they were part of it, too, in some way. Because Ooh. it connects to <laughs> so many different types of people. Or like,
0: because Forrest and Jenny are so different from one another, you can represent all aspects of the 60s and all aspects mm-hmm. of the 70s. They work in, like, all the other counterculture stuff, like, you know... Um, drug problems and things mm-hmm. that were starting to become more of a societal issue.
1: Mm-hmm. We and you are both really into movie scores in general. You mm-hmm. listen to a lot of movie scores, and, and it was-
0: changes throughout, right? Like yeah. you know, the style of the movie changes as it and is. I mean, the music is like its own character throughout. That it mm-hmm. spans the decades from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. It it yeah. carries through the whole time and helps to support the story and the feeling. I think my favorite part was, like, when they were at the um, Washington, D.C. Black Panther party, and it's when the guy that was going out with Jenny hits her, and then just, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix starts to pipe up and, like, tune up and tune in, and, like, Forrest Gump's, like, enraged, and he's going after that guy, and it really helped to, like, fire me up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the music and I that's the soundtrack is I mean different I was getting to the point where I like I know what you're saying about the soundtrack with the music and the, the score. score and the I mean the music like the soundtrack with the bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Um, I love that there were 3 Doors songs in the movie. <laughs> I really like that. Like I anything mean, with a lot of Doors music, you don't hear enough of it in the
0: Today he was like, "Whoa, whoa, lots of Doors. This is significant." <laughs> I am touched.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Dude. I'm painting a bad picture of myself, I think. But anyway, I like the doors. And they did three. That's significant. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Having pizza thoughts about the doors. But I think people, this was the last movie, I think, that Hollywood made for me where CGI still felt like magic. I mean, like was it was like,
0: seamless though. I couldn't really. I mean, for an early movie where was there was the lots first of CGI, movie that I didn't was that notice. It was Maybe the it's because my
1: where eyes so seamless that it felt like magic.
0: Maybe it's just because, like in the '90s, it was like you weren't looking for it because it wasn't around so maybe I was just like oh my god where are his legs and I didn't understand oh
1: I know nobody did and when they did (laughs) or when they inserted him into the classic footage that blew people's minds at the time people could not believe Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. him shaking hands with JFK and Mm -hmm. things it blew people's minds like they had complete documentaries on TV just about how they did it (laughs) everyone watched them and I was like I don't know
0: around I the same <laughs> time as the T-1000 and T-2 yeah. I remember that was a big deal yeah. <laughs> this is around the same no,
1: time <laughs> T-2 was probably ahead of it's time more. <gasps> mm-hmm. Forrest Gump was just ahead of it's time in that it used CGI for like a f- not for the sake of sci-fi Like it was like
0: floating feather.
1: It was like meaningful to the story and it was seamless in a way that they didn't call attention to it, but it was still magical. (laughs) You know, it was still amazing. Like uh, yeah. It was a point where you'd be watching, and then you would realize, oh my god, how did they do that? (laughs) Like, how did they follow that feather all the way down to his foot, and then he picked it up with his actual Mm fingertips, you know? You are like, that was crazy. What were some
0: of the other ones? Lieutenant Dan's legs, but what else was there?
1: There's so much CGI in that movie you don't realize. Like, even, like, helicopters flying in the background, and Mm. the crowds at the... Washington monument I wonder
0: how much of like the Vietnam sequences of all of like the mortars going off and all of that like you could set explosions in a jungle a lot of
1: film. those are real world effects. you could tell yeah. they did a good job. they set a lot of standards for Hollywood, I think, in terms of integrating c g i with a little bit more intentionally mm-hmm. without or maybe I should say I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying there, uh, uh let's see.
0: Ugh, it's Such a good movie, just because there's so many different aspects that are good. Like the humor is good, the drama's good, the acting's good. The you know, the sad stuff it's is so good. Sad. It's so sad, you cry <laughs> so hard.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it is. It's so. And it gets almost more emotional over time when you know it's coming. Because the seat, cause it's shot and the score pick up, and there's like mm-hmm. these big sweeping shots. You're like, oh no. What's <laughs> like, oh, about shit. to
0: happen? Breathe deep, breathe deep and slow. Pretend you're not crying, <laughs> and then there... look at each other with glassy eyes, and then start bawling, looking at each <laughs> oh, yeah, other. <laughs> it's a dog hair. It's not a dog
1: hair in the air. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I think we well, you might have made this realization before, but I think we made a major one today. Just as adults who are forty or are almost forty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Jenny's a fucking dick. Yeah.
1: I Jenny's realize a dick. That.
0: I mean she I knew she was like running off the whole time before, but I mean it is like stupid. I mean like mm-hmm. she'll come like she gets rescued like over and over again. That's another whole like, you know, talking point. Is she being rescued? Whatever. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be rescued. That She makes a big point of that. But it's like as soon as she is, she immediately hops onto some mode of transport. Onto a bus. Onto, you know, like a hitchhiker's car. She's out of there. like, And I know that's part of it, right? She's trying to like maybe run from her demons and try to run from what she knows is her own destiny. I don't know. But just, you know, in college, hey, Forrest, touch my boob, and then as soon as he shows interest, she's like, "Okay, no more boob. Okay, mm-hmm. now that we're adults and well, we're both came grown in adults, his yeah, well, who cares? Mm-hmm. He shouldn't feel ashamed for it. You know, he's just like rolling over. He's, oh, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's like she just takes it away, or like, hey." I'm going to actually have sex with you, the you know first time of your life, and it's in your home, and it's at home in Alabama. It's so wonderful. And then the only time that she took contacted him after that point was to tell him he was a father, and that she was sick, and that he was going to have to take care of this kid <laughs> after she died. I
1: know.
0: That was the you know, her only reason. Although she, the the character seems so touched and loving toward him at this point, and can't we get married? But it's yeah. only because she ended up getting sick, and she needed a caregiver for her son. She could have contacted him way mm-hmm. sooner. So Jenny's just a dick, man. She never yeah. got over everything, I guess. Even that's when the she point. seemed that's the
1: whole point of Hollywood. I guess, in my she opinion. seemed
0: so like like you were supposed to think she was off, finally think, coming to her senses. Yeah, yeah that's the mature. point. Nobody
1: realizes she's a dick. But the whole point is, you know, why when you love look her? when you look at somebody's life. And you understand somebody, you know, where they've come from and all the problems that she started with a childhood of sexual abuse and how that spawned into drug abuse. And it's supposed to give you compassion for these people who are dicks in our lives. Because the dicks in our lives, you know, struggled in some way, obviously, and all, all of them. The whole point is to have compassion for people. Like, for that's why Forrest does because he's represents our all of evolution of our own humanity. From
0: I guess, but he's <laughs> strung along.
1: Jenny's a dick, but obviously, <laughs> um, Forrest is a dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is uh, <clears throat> I, I think Forrest was Forrest Gump was the original, the dude, <laughs> you know, he's well, he went out to go running. And everybody was like, "What are you doing it for, man? Are you doing it for this? Are you Doing it for that?" And he's just, like, "I just wanted to go running." You know, mm-hmm. everybody, all the critics of Forrest Gump say, "Oh man, he just simplifies everything, or it's just the nihilistic view of the world." But it's a Buddhist view of the world. <laughs> you what? Know?
0: Just living your life.
1: Yeah in a way yeah anyway i like it I, I like it more every time i was i want other stories steven let's, let's hear your story about forrest gump what's your story
0: this way too infantile now compared to the rest of the conversation
1: <laughs> no we'll get back to so i got some more stories i think i always liked the forrest gump score forrest gump score was so good not just a soundtrack it was one of those early movies where they like snuck a score onto the soundtrack, you know? It had really good songs, but then it had, like, the Forest Gump Suite to open it up, and you're like, man, movie scores are awesome! But that was the first time I really got into a score, um, was the Forest Gump Suite. I learned to play it on piano, I liked it so much, and, uh, we listen to that all the time. Is there any stories about a score that you know, Bonnie? <laughs> that's a
0: leading question that you obviously know the answer to (laughs) yeah when we were little you went little
1: how little were we we were like middle school yeah i don't how old is that i'm not really sure
0: like we were 13 or 14
1: 13 we were friends back then in middle school. We hung out at each other's houses. We fancied each other boyfriend and girlfriend occasionally. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I thought you were my boyfriend, but I learned that you weren't really my boyfriend later.
1: What was that? What do you mean?
0: You told me. You were making out with all kinds of girls
1: then. <laughs> I fancied you my girlfriend. <laughs> What's this term? coming from, Who fancied you <laughs> it was in 19th
0: century England, <laughs> so I fancied Chandra, too. I fancied Bonnie, I fancied Stephanie, I fancied lots of, lots of fillies.
1: Oh my god, I did. Anyway. I loved everybody. I to still answer do. your leading question,
0: everybody. I had the Forrest Gump score on when I made moves on you in middle school in my couch.
1: At your house.
0: At my house.
1: You made moves on me. hmm I don't believe it.
0: It happened. <laughs> I was so proud that I had a CD player that I could hook up to external speakers, and I pumped it out the <laughs> in the living room. Did
1: you know I liked it?
0: Uh huh.
1: And so you put it on just to make out? Mm-hmm. Oh man. What's. What <laughs> you
0: didn't
1: know that? <laughs> no, I can say that. I don't know. I, I I remember it. I just don't know the whole setup. <laughs> so I was on the living room couch?
0: Yeah, but it was the little love seat in the corner.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. <laughs> I remember. It was one of the better makeout sessions.
0: I think that might have been my first real makeout.
1: <laughs> oh, it was one of many for me.
0: Versus. <laughs> versus. <laughs> <back>. <laughs>
1: gross. Chandra,
0: yeah. if you're listening, I you want to tear your hair out.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't make out with Chandra that much. I remember making out with you more than anybody.
0: <laughs> I hope that's accurate.
1: I don't know. This is going to be getting weird for me. <laughs> I, don't I wish my memory was, isn't good and it makes me seem like even more of an asshole that I can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know how accurate Bonnie's memory is. I'm not going to challenge her. It's It's
0: accurate. I I wasn't making out with people.
1: I don't remember these things. I'm sorry.
0: You remember lots of things, except for our first goddamn kiss. (laughs) No, I remember
1: it. I especially remember after you've described it. I do remember it. I always had an affinity for that living room sofa, and I wasn't sure why after a while, but I always looked super comfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was.
1: Okay, what else do we got here? Forrest Gump's score. That was a good story from Bonnie.
0: As long as I'm being sappy. hmm I found some correlations with how we're always talking about how our lives have been so long and varied in each other's experience. Or where we've lived, or what was going on for us then. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of correlations with this movie that... Just in the same way that Forrest has like his childhood and then he's off to college and the army and blah 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 and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's almost just like our saga of being childhood sweethearts, just knowing each other during college, messing oh, around gosh. here and there <laughs> before or after college, mm-hmm. and just like gravitating back toward one another. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of touching for me this time, because it's been probably 10 years since <laughs> I've watched this movie.
1: I think that every time I watch it, <laughs> I mm-hmm. always think about that. Mm-hmm. Not that I, We haven't watched it in a while. It's been uh, It's been very long. It's just, it's, you know, for it's me. almost been... It's almost... It's, it's emotional for me to watch. It, overly emotional for me to watch. Uh, I don't know why. I just, like, I have all these stories. I got the grandma story, I got the make-out story... God, there's others. I can't even remember. Did I write them down? You yes. were talking
0: uh, this week about how everybody, first day of film school, were like, My favorite oh, yeah. film is Citizen oh, Kane. Yeah, we're going to Mine film is school. this or that, yeah, okay, some other
1: okay, fancy film. Okay, yeah, It was my first day of film school. Well, it wasn't my first day, but it was my first film class in school. And it wasn't film school, it was like school. And my. Study, and I focused on post-production myself, really. I really liked video post-production was really what I wanted to do. And I did for a while. But anyway, it uh, was my first day. Uh, we were sitting around, my first class of film, and the, I went around and asked everybody what their favorite movie was. And I was towards the end or whatever. It wasn't the very last, was really, I mean, everyone was listening the most obscure, foreign, independent films they could. You know, we just agreeing with each other that Citizen Kane was the best. You know, and it was, it was such bullshit. You know, it was such a bullshit. It was smelled really bad in there. And then it got to me and I was like, well, like, I really thought Forrest Gump was pretty good. <laughs> and everybody thought that was so funny. <laughs> And I was like, I remember thinking, well, you know, that that made millions of dollars, you know, for a reason. It had an emotional, social impact. You know, it's not like I, I'm not, I don't want to come out of here making Forrest Gump. But it's, I still think it's an important movie. I'd rather watch Forrest Gump a million times than Citizen Kane again. Fuck Citizen Kane. I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I still don't think I've seen it all the way through. I got
1: oh bored. God, <laughs> Am I
0: giving myself away? Am I an oh, ignorant ass? No,
1: no, it's okay. It's hard. It's hard to really appreciate Citizen Kane because the whole point is it, it established so much of what modern cinema has become that watching Citizen Kane now is like, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, like this movie that was like a vision you know not a lot of people had this artistic vision or at least the budget to put it out there and he did so he and it was a big deal but watching it today is just kind of like all right whatever (laughs) it's not boring you know if you look at it with that perspective it's interesting it's good, you know, if you realize what you're watching. But still, I watched it, like, way too many times in school for whatever reason. <laughs> well, I don't know you don't see it again.
0: Did different aspects of it, like, sound and editing and all kinds of other, like, categories of oh, yeah, filmmakers, of like, is like it that. good for many reasons?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did, well, they did a lot of things. Probably more than I know. <laughs> I just have a zero frame of reference. I don't really want to talk about it. I don't even can't believe I even went this far into it. Right. Um, uh, any other Forest Gump stories in your life? I feel like there's lots of Forest Gump stories. A big part of my life. Like my parents loved it, my dad loved it, obviously it was like spoke to their generation strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a very privileged point of view though. They didn't give a lot of perspective beyond you know <laughs> news
0: bites. Yeah,
1: News Bites. I mean, it wasn't... It was a social commentary about people who lived way within privilege of that time period, for sure.
0: Like college and football. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
1: and it's not, not important just because that's what it is. It, and uh, at least and that's how I see Investing in it.
0: Apple and whatever. And, yeah. And how you could live happily ever after in this uh-huh. giant farmhouse. and. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. on lots of land i don't know anyway. like one part that stuck with me near the end was I don't know, how he Is was-
1: that <laughs> a laugh or a cry
0: cry turned into a laugh it was like the part with all the like having him think of most beautiful sunrise or the mountain reflected in a lake or mm-hmm. the stars is coming
1: out, or... Just mm-hmm. He's appreciating. Just being aware of the moment. See, it's very Buddhist. It's not a very... It's not nihilist. It's very Buddhist. It's appreciating the moment. It's living in the moment. It's not being clueless and nihilistic. It's being so appreciative of the moment that the past is irrelevant and the future is irrelevant. And... You need a childlike character to tell that story, even though it should be our reality. And I think that's the theme of Forrest Gump.
0: (laughs) I got real deep.
1: (laughs) Alright, anyway, I'm gonna get going there. (laughs) Alright, I'll see ya. Bye.
0: Or would you stop? I gotta record something more significant than that. What? Remember, you made yourself a note, even something like "don't trail off." Or did you remember, yeah, this has come up that you needed to close interviews.
1: Right, remember, well, this has been uh, an interview with Bonnie Wright, and we've had a good time.
0: <laughs> would you just record again?
1: Okay. But I don't have any other ideas.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll take over. Thanks for the interview, Miles. This has been a great chat talking about Forrest Gump and our childhood memories. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks.